Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are welcome. We are. Uh, it's been a little while. It's been a little while since we've uh, we've podcasted. You've been kind of busy. I've been walking in circles, Joe. That's what I've been doing. I've been walking in in loose circles around various spots in Greater which Los is, Angeles, which is not un- very no. different from what you normally do, is it? Let me tell you. Uh, you want to get your steps in. As they yep. say, go go on strike. <laughs> you wanna you wanna increase your uh, your your basic level of low grade aerobic physical fitness. I can't recommend high enough your union going on strike because man <laughs> oh man, I if four hours a day, uh, sometimes three hours, but generally speaking, four hours a day of, of just walking. Yeah. And you you hit fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand, wow. seventeen thousand steps in four hours. <laughs> and let me tell you, the last time this happened, the Writers Guild went on strike in two thousand seven. I was a I was a much younger man, Joe. You were a young man. You were a young man at that point. I was lithe and and pliable, and uh, and my knees and hips and ankles were just all good. They were all in just just uh, in tip top shape. Uh, I'm no longer that young. I am now an an elderly gentleman. I'm in my senescence, and four hours of walking a day is not uh, not doing wonders for my joints and and muscles. Do you do you wake up after uh, a day of of walking, going, oh my god, I can't get out of bed? Like, are you are you that so sore? Here's the interesting thing. So generally, I've been doing it in the morning. There's a nine to one shift, and then there's a one to five shift. And I've generally sure. been doing it in the morning. I drop my kids off. I go to I grab a picket sign. I hit the line. Yes. And so it's it's less about waking up sore than it is about needing to sleep at three thirty or four p.m. <laughs> like I've been, I just like I, if I sit down on my couch after I get home, I am out like a light. And then just out. And I'll tell you the good thing about it is at night I've never slept better. I haven't slept better in years because I'm wow. so beat that at night, even if I take a little cat nap sometime in the afternoon, man, I just <laughs> I, my head hits the pillow and I am out. I am knocked unconscious. It's like someone hit me on the head with a lead pipe. See, this is so great because what you and I do, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different what we do, but we're both writers. This is mm-hmm. what we do. We spend our time in a in a sort of, uh, we're in a room alone most of the time, mm-hmm. just thinking thoughts and trying to write. And, and, and at the end of the day, we've we've got our 1800 steps and and <laughs> maybe and maybe <laughs> and and our wives of course your wife is a writer as well so she fully appreciates this my wife mm-hmm. was a writer at one point but our wives and our friends and they're like you're like oh man i'm beat and they're like why right. like why why are you beat but now you're like doing manual things. You're doing body things. I'm doing. And, I'm, and I'm in motion in a way you're that I'm in rarely motion. in motion. Now, the one thing I'll say about this is that uh, even when I'm usually, you're right that I'm usually in a room, but I I have a habit of pacing around when I'm in yes, a writer's room. Yes, I do. I, I do as I, well. I, I do. endlessly pace. I can't, and I I usually begin a new writer's room by apologizing to people of like this might I, if this makes you feel weird if i like walk behind you like sometimes i feel like it's the scene in in um where de niro uh is walking behind people but when, in, when he, in the untouchables where you got the bat the you have the bat the in yeah. your head yeah. that's how i feel sometimes because i'm like pacing back and forth behind a bunch of people who are generally sitting around a table so i do even when i'm uh not picketing 
while yeah. writing, I probably take more steps in an average day than most people, but it's nothing close to four no. hours of concerted walking per day. No, but plus I, I pace too. I like, I'm a big, like I need every, I'll, I'll write. And then every few minutes I will get up and I'll just pace. I'll just walk around. Right. Uh, you know, when I'm on the phone, I can't be on the phone sitting. Like I have to walk around when I'm on the phone, Me too. all of that. So I do, I, I feel that need, but I mean, that doesn't add up to a lot. Let's no. not let's not kid anybody. No, that's it, not. It adds up to like a, and it's also very slow, deliberate, yes, you know, calm. Like these, like when you're picketing, you're like on the move. You're like you're on the move. You're you're gotta, on the, you're marching around. Yeah, you've got to get to places, even though you're not getting anywhere even at all. You're, you're just going in circles. circles. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of the De Niro scene, do you ever walk behind somebody with an actual baseball bat? So, so here's the thing: <laughs> I, I, I have, as you would imagine, in my office a number of objets de baseball, of course, uh, as, as the French would say. And sure. among them are several baseball bats. I have right. a bunch of baseball bats. I have a, a, a Pawnee a baseball bat that Nick Offerman uh, uh, made. made for me on a lathe, um, <laughs> which is great. And I, I have a I have an old Nomar Garcia para model baseball bat that I bought on eBay in like 1999 or whenever yes. eBay started. Um, so I do have baseball bats and from time to time. I just pick them up and I kind of like get into a stance and whatever. Me too. And I, yes. When I do that, I realize I <laughs> I look like Robert De Niro in The Untouchables. <laughs> this is not this is not an acceptable way to to be you, in a room with other people. You need to talk to people about enthusiasms, right? You like you, just gotta, you, you know these enthusiasms. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. That's how he starts it, right? Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork <laughs> with our enthusiasms. So yeah, no, this is this is good. But you are you are you are walking around. So yes. we have not been able to do uh, the podcast. You and I have been. Uh, frantically doing sort of our text podcast that we right. that we tend to do our private and, our private podcast <laughs> the private. two of us and sometimes Brandon McCarthy <laughs> and and uh, the big theme of our private text podcasts uh, obviously are the Yankees and the Yankees yep. are 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 uh, will always be the number one theme of of the of the text podcast. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. And and I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Yankees. I want to talk. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Today. So wait, before we do this, here's what I'm going to suggest, because we don't really have a theme of today's podcast, but I just came up with one. I think that this should be a new thing that we do okay. every year. And <laughs> yes. it's called it's called the Mid-May Baseball Check-In. That's what we're doing. <laughs> the Mid-May yeah. Baseball Check-In. We're, we're out of April. We've played, what have we played? We've played 40 games or something, 45 Absolutely. games. Absolutely, 42, like, 43, 42 games. We now feel yeah. like we have a little bit of a handle on the narratives of the baseball season. A lot can quarter, change, but right. quarter, we're at the quarter turn here. So yep, like, yep. this is a mid-May baseball check, and we're going to go around the league. We're going to talk <laughs> about different things that are interesting, things that are surprising. We'll get into some Mets talk, because I think we need to talk about the Mets. It's not quite we an emergency, but it, but it's, it's a, there's a yellow <laughs> caution flag uh, being raised about the Mets we can talk about. Some of the surprising teams, like the Reds, yes. are kind of surprising. so. It's a it's a baseball check-in, the mid-May baseball check-in. That's what we're doing. I like today. this, the mid-May baseball check-in. But I also, but but before we finish, uh, I do want to talk uh, a little NBA because I do want to talk about my new oh 
found love for Nikola Jokic. I, I, I basically want to spend... Let's just keep it in the West, though. I don't, I can't talk about the heat. I get too much heat from Levitard. <laughs> I can't deal with it. My brain and my heart, neither of them can take more but, heat talk. But I, I will say, I mean, you know, and, and obviously you're, you're, you've, you and I have already discussed that the Heat are going to win the championship and wreck yeah. our lives. I mean, mm -hmm. they are the Yankees. and They're actually, they're in some ways surpassing the Yankees because they actually will win it while the Yankees will always be a threat to win it, but not, might not. No, not I think they're, they're specifically, was it 99 or 2000, the Yankees team that won 87 games and right. won it was the series? 2000. 2000? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that's the that's this Heat team. It's the team that like limps into the playoffs and everyone's like, oh, maybe these guys are done. And then somehow there they are in the Eastern Conference Finals again. <laughs> and everyone just kind of like sighs allowed and, yes, and yes. mourns the loss of another basketball season to the most irritating team in the NBA. <laughs> but I will say, but I want to talk, I want to talk Jokic, but I yeah. also do want to ask you very quickly before we get into our mid-May baseball check-in, the five or so minutes at the start of the second half of the Celtics Sixers game seven, yeah. where, the, where it went from a two point game to a 473 point game. Yeah. Those, those five minutes, how like, at this stage of your life, how enjoyable is a five minute like that? So Pat Riley famously said, and I may be misquoting him here, but this is the essence of it. He famously said, there is no happiness. There is only lose. There's only winning and misery, right? Isn't that right. a quote? That's right. Yeah. So sadly, Joe, uh, my fandom <laughs> is approaching that arena, I would say. You're just pure panic. That's it's all either, your, your yes, life so is my, panic. My feelings when I watch games are either panic or relief but not necessarily i would say purely speaking <laughs> happiness so so in this case so i decided i wasn't i couldn't watch the game i'm not gonna watch the game i can't watch game you couldn't even watch too, it yeah because my heart my heart beats 180 times a minute at the end of close basketball games yes with that the celtics are involved in at the end of the game where they had a chance to win it at the end of regulation and they got the ball to Marcus Smart for a three-pointer, which is, given the personnel on the floor, the lowest percentage shot that they could <laughs> right. possibly take. Well, but also well thought out since there was no timeout call Didn't before call a timeout. <laughs> then they went to overtime and then with 16 seconds left in overtime, <laughs> rebounded the ball again, had two timeouts, decided, no, let's do the same thing again. Let's middle mill, mill around, have Tatum drive, get the ball to Marcus Smart at the three-point line, Again, the have, worst shot you have on the floor at that moment. But, but make sure he shoots it too late. That's and then, the, that was, and that was the key. Too late yeah. And they lose that game by one. Uh, so I, my heart was pounding so hard at the end of that yeah. game. They're going into game, and then they win game six. And I'm going into game seven. I'm like, I'm, can't, I'm not going to watch. I'm just not going to watch it. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's on Mother's Day. And uh, I'm going to go out with my wife. And we're going to go out with her mom. We're going to have a nice brunch. And I'm going to just check the score at the end of the day or when I know yes. that it's over and then it'll be instantaneous sadness or happiness that is preferable to two and a half hours of misery. Okay. So I, I go out to brunch with my wife and my mother-in-law and, uh, and my sister-in-law and we have a lovely time. And I am not thinking, I'm like, I know the game is happening, but I'm like, I know I'm not going to know what happens for a couple hours. <laughs> I, I, I calmly drive home. I, so that I'm, when I know that it's over, I look at my phone and I see that I have uh, 15 texts <laughs> on my Boston sports text thread. Sure. And I know two things immediately. Number one, the Celtics won the game. Yes. And because if they had lost the game, I would have 148 texts. <laughs> I know the Celtics won the game. And by the way, I know that it's a blowout. So yes. I knew, I literally, I knew what, because when, because Boston sports fans, uh, uh, miserable, tortured, awful, no amount of winning can fill the hole in our heart, Boston sports fans. <laughs> 
if they had won by seven, I would have 85 texts. Right. If right. they had lost, I'd have 150. The only way that I only had 15 is if they won <laughs> and it was a blowout. <laughs> so I was like, okay, they won in a blowout. And then I looked at the score and they, they were actually, there was actually one minute left in the game when I turned it on and they were up by whatever it was, 26 points. Right. And so then I sat down. Uh, and I watched the game from the beginning, and it was delightful. I had oh, I'm no, sure it was, it was delightful at that free, point. And I was watching it, and, and the Sixers were up by 10 in the second quarter, and I was like, ooh, this would have been really hard to watch if I had... <laughs> If I could watch you're slide, you're watching like your altered itself yeah. just just yes. freaking out. I was watching yeah. a ghost of myself be miserable at what was going on. So now, so now they play the Heat and the Heat. Um, and I swear we weren't going to do Heat talk, but I can't help it. So now they're playing the Heat, and the, I have a real question in my mind of Do I watch any of the games? You won't and watch any. Of them. I, think, I don't think you watch any. Of them. I think I might potentially watch Game One because okay. you can lose Game One and still win a series, right? Right. So right. I think I might watch Game One if they win. I think I might keep watching until they lose. Okay, that's okay. one strategy. The other strategy is just never watch and just learn. Well, but at the end of the he, day, here's what I would say: knowing you, you'll watch. You can watch game one because it is. It's just game one. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. However, games in Boston, mm -hmm. and if they lose, oh, I'll be miserable. You're going to drive off a cliff. <laughs> so, so just, just, just don't even do it to yourself. I, don't yeah, even I, yeah. do well, it. Well, that's to yourself. the thing. I think I might. Um, I would so much rather. So this debate happened uh, on the Boston Sports Sex thread when they're down three two to the Sixers. The debate is this: Would you rather the Celtics come back and win and beat the and beat Philly uh, in this series, or guarantee that some other team would not advance? So guarantee the Lakers lose to the Warriors, guarantee, guarantee that, that the, the Heat, Heat lose. lose to the Knicks, or yeah. guarantee whatever. And it was a serious debate, and, and we recognized how silly it was. And one of the folks on the thread was like, you guys are nuts. You got to root for the Celtics. And it was like, yes, of course, at the, in our souls. At the we're end of the day, right. yes. However, at that moment, the Knicks had just won game five, and the thought of the Knicks coming back from 3-1 down to beat the Heat was so enticing to me <laughs> that I... <laughs> I actually chose, in the moment, I chose, oh, I would... Let the Sixers win if the Heat, because if the Heat lost to the Knicks, Heat fans forever have nothing to brag about ever, right? If you right, lose, if right. you're up three one to the New York Knicks <laughs> and you lose three straight and let the Knicks beat you to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, you have, you can never. It's like it's like the it would be like the when the Yankees were da, were up three zero to the Red Sox, like they can never really taunt Red Sox fans right. again. Like it's no, over. that's it. It's over. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, at the end of the day, I would take the trade that I got, which was the Heat advance and the Celtics advance. That okay, is but the better. But trade. Here, here, here's a question for you, and we we'll, we will get to baseball in one second. But now that you put this question, I've got a question for you. It might be the super easiest answer for you. Okay. Or it might be really hard. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure okay. whether this is going to be one that you're going to be like, oh yeah, no, no. Two scenarios, only two, and there's there there's not there's there, that's it. Okay. Scenario one: the Celtics lose to the Sixers, okay. but the Sixers beat the Heat to go to the final. Okay. Scenario two: the Celtics beat the Sixers, but lose to the Heat to go oh, to the final. the first one by far. Oh, by far. <laughs> No, I, I, it wouldn't even be I, close. Well, look, it's not exactly fair because the reality is there's not there is obviously a difference between the sec getting make you having your season end in the second round of the playoffs of and having course. your season and end the, in the conference the finals. Yeah, conference but finals. it's no not question. but it's not such a big difference, frankly, 
that it's worth it to go like, well, at least we got to the conference finals. I don't, right. I don't really care. So right. I would so much rather if you're, you know, you're going to lose. You're not making it to the finals. The, right. a, a better question might be, Celtics. Okay, Celtics lose <laughs> to the Sixers. Sixers beat the Heat, or Celtics beat the Sixers, beat someone besides the Heat, and then lose in the finals. You okay. know what I mean? Like, okay. Because if the Celtics beat the Knicks in the in the Eastern oh, but Conference you would, Finals. You would definitely take that to get to the final. You would take that. To get to the finals, you would take that. No, just, I think... Just to get I to think, the conference finals, I don't think it's that big a deal. But I think the only the only counterweight to your Celtics love is your hatred of the Heat. Yeah. And so, so it's, at some point in this scenario, you're basically being asked, what would you rather do? Would you rather the Celtics go on? Or would you rather the Heat go on? Right. Like, would you rather... Like, like what's more important? Is somebody beating the Heat? Like... If somebody said to you right now, knowing how this Red Sox team is, which is they're playing a little better than we kind of thought they would, but mm-hmm. they're not that good. You know, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 we thought they were a 500 team and they're slightly better than a 500. Team. Slightly better. They're fun to watch. They're kind of a fun scoring team, a ton but, of runs, but, but their pitching is just not going to hold up. We, they are not going to the World Series, you know, without barring any, a barring any, a crazy, fight. barring a crazy thing. They're not going to the World Series at this point, assuming they're not going to the World Series. Your number one scenario is the Yankees not going to the World That's Series. That's correct. You're like, like it's more important because if the Red Sox were in it, I would say, eh, maybe it's a toss up for you. No, Yankees. A, a bigger, a big, a thing that occupies more of my brain right now is worrying that the Yankees will make the series. Right. Than that the Red Sox will make the series. Right. <laughs> right. Like, right. That, because of the and that's because the Red Sox are not that good. I mean, they're right. they're not that level of good. If the Red Sox, if, if the Red Sox were in 2018 or whatever, they were that good. Right. Then yeah, they would be occupying. In your 2018, mind every bit the Red Sox were incredible, and the Yankees won 100 games. Yes. And I was definitely more thinking more about can the Red Sox win the World Series than I was right. worried about the Yankees to the point where I went to two of those ALCS Which is unreal. Unreal. And like, and those I, might be the last Yankee Red Sox playoff <laughs> games you ever go to. <laughs> because you're only getting worse. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You're only getting worse. But I am now, uh, you know, us being uh, part of the mothership and 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 the bullies that they are. Yeah. Uh, as part of it, I am invested in the heat going down i right. mean i am fully invested in that yes. at this point yeah um and what that means I, is and know, i was me, admit i was rooting for the celtics because i think the celtics have a better chance of beating them than the sixers did. i do too and and yeah. so even if i were not a celtics fan that's what i'd be rooting for and i was also like i was watching the lakers warriors series i don't like either of those teams for obvious reasons i was mostly thinking like who has a better chance of beating the heat if it comes to that and i was doing right. the same right. thing with the suns nuggets series where i was like kind of want durant and Booker yep. to play the Heat, yep. but I uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's all about the Porter. Heat. Like, it's, yeah, it's all about yeah, the like Heat. That, I'm, that's what I'm mostly what I'm doing. And I think what this says, it, this is very. I wonder if, how universal this is. Maybe we can take a Twitter poll or something. I'm not. I don't post on Twitter anymore. But maybe you can take a Twitter poll or put it on or your put uh, it on, on my, Yeah. Yep. Here's the poll. As you get older, have you found? that you are more concerned with the teams you hate not winning than with the teams you love winning. Now, yeah. the caveat here is this does not apply to fans of cursed franchises, right? If you are a Guardians fan, you are mostly, or a Bills fan, you're right. mostly probably like, o- the only thing you're thinking about is, can my team win? But if your team has had success, if your team has won a championship in the last 15, 20 years, so you don't have that, 
incredible itch that you need to scratch, right? Right. If that is the case, so maybe it should be that. If your te- let's only answer this if your team has won a championship in the last twenty years. Right. Do you now worry more about the teams you hate winning a championship than you do about the team you love winning one? Yeah. Well, and plus the team that you hate winning a championship. That might be the the gift that keeps on giving longer, right? Like your team might be out of it, at which point you're entirely focused on right. on getting a team out at this point. Um, but I got to say, I mean, I'm, we'll get back to Jokic because that's that has shifted my thinking in the NBA this year. I love. Okay, watching so let's so do our mid May baseball. Mid May, we do this yes. every year. This is an annual tradition. <laughs> we, we do our, how uh, long we've been doing this? Mid May. It started. Well, it was started in the, the year of the Big Red Machine. It was 1975. We started this. That's so right. That's right. Coming up in a couple of years, it'll be our 50th anniversary. And, and if you remember, mid May 75. Reds weren't looking that good. They, they were not they looking were, that good. And they, we were they got saying, off to the like, slow man, start. We really thought this team was going to put it all together. And that just shows you, again, that should give you a lesson. What we said back in 75 about the Reds, the mid-may baseball <laughs> roundup is not, it's obviously, we're at the quarter turn. This is not, right. this is not you don't definitive. Know. That's yeah. right. No, no. The, the, the horse winning the, the Kentucky Derby at the quarter pole never wins no. the actual Derby. No. Generally, so, unless so, it's Secretariat that does not win. Yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So, but in 75, you and I both were like, this Pete Rose, the third base thing ain't going to work. Not I mean, we were, we were totally down on the whole 75 yeah. Reds. And then we were, and then at the midway point, we were like, you well, know, then we, we did our, wrong. then we did our uh, all-star break uh, baseball roundup. And we're like, wow, That's things right. are here. They have turned it on. <laughs> then we did our three quarter turn uh, early September baseball roundup. And we're, and like, we were like, wow, they've already, is, they've already clinched. Yeah. yeah. They've already clinched. And then we did our uh, post uh, world series roundup back in 75. And we're like, man, that was the best world series we've ever seen. So what a great world series. Yeah, yes. So it's fun. That's why the mid May baseball roundup is fun because then you can go back later when you do your other quarter right. turn, half turn, That's three quarter right. turn. And you can go back and look at what was going on at the quarter turn, right? So we are going to start. Um, and by the way, this leads to a thing that we are going to do at some point. I don't think we can combine them. I wish we could. But you and I did our football rankings 32 to 1 mm-hmm. based on how much we like them. I have, I am now of the belief, having studied this, that it's more applicable to baseball. That there huh. is no That there is no baseball team that we are sort of meh on in the way that we were on a lot of football teams like a lot of footballers like eh, whatever they're 16 18 20 we don't care but i kind of think we have strong feelings about every baseball team i think you're right i'm gonna you know? say that yeah there's a couple <laughs> that came to mind as teams that i don't really have a strong feeling about like who who like well, who do you like because like even the rockies i don't have strong feelings about the rockies but i care more about the rockies than i do about like the Falcons, you right. know what I mean? Okay. Like, like, like. I think there's every team. There's that at least might just something. be because we like baseball more than we like football. <laughs> of course it is. No, I don't. I don't think there's. A, speaking of, by the way, you mentioned uh, liking baseball. Uh, I needed to tell you this. Huh. I, I wrote a. I wrote. I wrote a book. I, really? I, 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 yeah, I wrote a book. Congratulations! Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, and it is called Why We Love Baseball, and it is coming out. This uh, September, September 5th. Now, why did you decide? I'm just curious. I've known you for a long time. Why did you decide to suddenly write a book about baseball for the first time? It was an interesting interesting decision uh, that I just sort of came to. I just was sort of like, you know, 
this is the thing I love and like this why is, not? This, I like baseball. I've written and, about golf. And... I've written about Houdini. <laughs> I might as well try baseball. That's what you were thinking. Ba- let me give baseball a run and let's see if I have enough information to actually do a book. That was my thought. That was my thought on this. Let me see so... if I have enough information to do a book one year after doing a book called The Baseball 100 that's 800 pages long. That's 800. 800 yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Anyway, Why We Love Baseball is coming out and I only I mentioned this because we've got a, a promotion going at, at Rainy Day Books. And the promotion is that if you pre-order the book from Rainy Day Books, uh, I will sign it and inscribe it any way you like. I will I will inscribe any way you like. We have done this in the past. Both Mike and I have done this. Mm-hmm. But the reason I bring this up now is I did this for that little book called The Baseball 100 and set a record for pre-sales at uh, Rainy Day Books, which I was very proud to do because I beat... Uh, Michelle Obama. I actually right. beat Michelle Obama. So I was very happy to do that. It was really cool. Thank you to all the people who bought it. And and Rainy Day Books is my home bookstore in Kansas City. Right. It is it is the place that uh, that I've I've been close to for many many years, almost as long as we've been doing this podcast. And uh, and I had the record. And then a few months later, Mike Shore writes. You didn't tell me you wrote a book. You I did. I wrote me. a book. Yeah. No. Yeah. He wrote a book. Didn't even tell me. Uh, called uh, what? What was it called? Why it's called how to, It's called how to be perfect. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> he breaks the record for shattered pre-sell. It. He shattered, shattered the record. The record. Yes, mm-hmm. by several hundred books, he shattered. And I'm going to hold uh, that record forever record. and ever. No one no, will ever no, beat the, that the, record. No, no, no. This is this is what we're talking about. But here's the thing: it's 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 he he broke the record. Three points to be made. One, I helped him set up this this whole sale. Correct. Two, I came to Kansas City to help him actually do the whole pre-signing and everything else. Correct. And three, he gave me COVID That's right. while I was there. While breaking him. your record, just to show you who's really boss here. I was break I broke your record and I gave you COVID just to put you in your place. This is Roger Maris like catching like the flu from Babe Ruth after like break. It's just, no, it's, it's Babe Ruth it's, catching, it's, it's the, catching flu Roger Roger the flu Maris. from Roger Maris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a re- all right. So here's the thing. Uh, we're doing this again. Uh, if you pre-order by Labor Day, you will get a signed book where I will write anything you want in in the book. Uh, I will inscribe it uh, any any way you like. And uh, there, are, I can give you a million suggestions, whatever. If you order it after Father's Day, you will still get a signed book, and you will get a special um, uh, something that I will that I will write in it. But but you won't get to choose it. That's basically how that's going to work. And uh, we're going for Mike's record. That's that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. The way this has uh, to happen is you have to break my record, take the record back, and you have to somehow give me malaria. <laughs> That's, that's, that's right. This, that's, that's how that this is, works. That's, and so we, so we want to, every time we, one of us writes a book, we one up the other one by beating the record and giving the other yes. one a more serious disease. I, 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 I would like to break the record and steal your identity. I think those Ooh, are the things that we, we could do. We could just do a thing. I'm going to, um, I'm going to break, then I'll break your record and give you African dengue fever. And... <laughs> And we'll just keep going till one of us is dead. One of us is dead, which could, which is going to come sooner than we than we would like. <laughs> um, so I just want to give you one, I uh, one thing that uh, that that uh, I have just heard from uh, our good friend Jeff Jennings, who is running the uh, the campaign at Rainy Day Books, and he just texted me to say this: that somebody asked me to inscribe the book. Um, that's to say this. 
Cold fruit, hot fruit, that sure guy is a nut. I love Derek Jeter unreservedly and whisper my secrets to his profile on my wall. To his portrait on my wall. You can't do you can't decide <laughs> you can't do that. I get, I cannot do that, right? No, you gotta say no to that one. You gotta you gotta say like, listen, I thank I, you. I'm, listen, for I love I love <laughs> I love all my readers, but I, I, that seems uh, that seems uh, somewhat. I mean, like that person to... is a danger to society. <laughs> that, that person doesn't. That person deserves to be in prison. <laughs> yeah, please go to Rainy Day Books and, and pre-order the book. So all I right, mid-May baseball roundup. Let's do this. American League East. Where that's where we're going to start right now. We're going to start American League East, and I think you have to in the American League East not start with the Yankees who are in fourth place. No, but start with the absurd, ridiculous, still rolling. Tampa Bay Rays. Counter right? argument. Counter okay. argument. Oh, you're going to go with the Orioles. Aren't you got to start you're with the Orioles. The, you're going to start I with think, the Orioles. I think the Orioles are a bigger story in baseball through 40 games than the Rays. Now, granted, maybe, the maybe. Rays, the Rays are playing like 750 baseball. They're on pace to win 115 games, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Right. However, right. however, Joe, we knew they were going to be good. They yes. are also five and five in their last 10 games. They've hit a, they've they have come back down. down to it's earth a little down. bit. Yep. Yep. They're 19 and three at home and 12 and eight on the road. They also, by the way, and this shows you something about how good their division is, how good this division is. They're barely over 500 against the AL East. They're destroying everybody else. And they're only a couple games over 500 in the AL East because the AL East is so good. I actually think the Orioles being legitimately good, which I, I we can't quite say that yet. Remember, the Angels were 10 games over 500 around yes. this time last year, and then they, they were terrible the rest of the season. But the Orioles, with the number of top-line prospects that they have brought up to the team and who have begun contributing almost immediately. Yes. And as good as Adley Rushman looks and as good as Gunnar Henderson, Gunnar Henderson hasn't even really started to hit that well. No, he's not hitting at all. Yeah. He's not hitting at all. He's but, but he's going to like the, that guy, forget it. And then, and then Hernandez, or sorry, uh, Rodriguez, Grayson Rodriguez. (laughs) I think arguably the biggest story, at least in the AL East and maybe in all of baseball right now is the Baltimore Orioles. That's that's my feel. Here's why I would agree with you. Okay. I mean, and, and look, I think, you cannot underplay this crazy race start. I mean, we knew they were going to be good, but I mean, this is this is legendary stuff. And yes, it has come against a little bit of a weak uh, early season, uh, you know. And they are going to be a lot better at home, and they've had injuries that that are really going to impact that team. However, they're they look great and yeah. and and are playing fantastic. But here's why I would agree to an extent about the Orioles, and it is this: they look good. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not yeah. like that. Like that Angels team that was ten games over five hundred. We were all like, "This is great." Trout's hitting and Otani's Otani, but there were like a couple of guys on that team that you were like, eh, "That's not going to last." You know, you look at this Orioles team, and one Adley Rushman is like that guy's going to win an MVP. I mean, I don't yep. know if it's going to be this. He's going to win an MVP gonna... like next year. Yeah, no, he is that close to being like one of the. I mean, he's one of the best players in baseball right now. I think. Um, and Ryan Mountcastle's good. Like, yep. I like that's like a kind of a crazy thing. And, and, you know, Cedric Mullins has been good for a mm-hmm. while now. And, and he, and it's one of those, I remember this. I think we've talked about this. I call it like the St. Louis Rams uh, factor where the St. Louis Rams were terrible, 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 terrible. And then in 2000, was it 2000 that, that they first hit the scene? The whole greatest show on turf? 2000, 2001, yeah. 2000 yeah. was the Titans beating the Titans in the Super Bowl, and 2001 right. was losing the pass, yeah. Right, but 2000, the year that they sort of came on, you know, they 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 went into the offseason. Everybody wanted to fire Dick Vermeil. He was a doddering old man, blah, blah, blah. 
And they went into, into training camp, and then they went in, and then their starting quarterback got hurt, and their backup quarterback got hurt, mm-hmm. and they put in this guy who had just been in like the indoor football league, right? He'd like been literally, a, well, he had, first he'd been a stock boy in a grocery store at High V. That's right, at High V in Iowa, <laughs> and then he was in the indoor football league, and they put in put in this guy, and then they get off to this crazy start where they're scoring a billion points right away. Mm-hmm. But it was the what was crazy about that team to me was you started looking around at the players on that team and you were like, oh man, they've got really good receivers. And while yeah. they're they're both tackles are like all pros, like that nobody's ever getting a sack against that guy. And they had just gotten um uh the running back. Uh they had just Marshall they had picked up Marshall Falk during that during that and so suddenly it was like wow, this team is like great. Like it wasn't just that they're playing great. You're like, if that quarterback holds up at all, this team is really loaded. And that's how I feel about the Orioles. Like I look around and go, they're kind of loaded and they're only going to get better. Well, that's the thing. A lot of their guys, I don't think this is not a case as is sometimes the case with teams at the quarter pole here where it's like they've got a bunch of guys, Akil Badu types, who are right. just off to like get get off to a crazy start after 30 games and are hitting, have a thousand OPS and have nine home runs or whatever. And you're like, well, okay, it's not sustainable, yeah. right? Yeah. The Orioles are the other way, I think. The right. Orioles have most right. of their guys. I mean, Rodriguez is has not pitched that well. No. You assume he's no. going to pitch better. The same is true of even Mountcastle, Gunnar Henderson. These guys are going to get better in all likelihood than they have played already and they're 26 and 14. Here's the thing here's the thing that I'm the happiest about, okay? Here are st- statistics from a recent year uh that it was had by a baseball player. Uh in in 159 games, 600 at bats, this player had 175 hits, scored 91 runs, had 37 doubles and 30 homers, uh and slashed 291 360 518. It's a 5 uh, sorry, 878 OPS. And by the way, 30 stolen bases, a 30-30 year. 30 right. home runs, 30 stolen bases. Who is that player? That player is Cedric Mullins. The Cedric year is Mullins. 20 the year is 2021. Yeah. Did anyone in the world notice that that happened? <laughs> like did no one no one no he, he had 312 total bases as a center yeah. fielder. He had that is that is an in if the Orioles had won the World Series that year, he might have won the MVP. Like, it's that <laughs> kind of year, right? He was a 30-30 guy. He had he had an 878 OPS and he's a very good defensive outfielder. No one even noticed because this team was such a disaster. They were so bad and they had been so bad for so long. And now suddenly that guy, that same guy, is he's not having quite as good a year currently. He's at an 820 OPS, but he is 28 years old. He's hitting his prime or he's in his prime. And he suddenly is surrounded by like six other world class right. athlete baseball players. I it makes me so happy. When a guy like that who put up a crazy year that no one even blinked at because no one knew what happened. It was a tree falling in the forest. Suddenly Cedric Mullins is one of several pieces on a potential playoff team. That must feel so good for that guy. He's been with this organization. He's been in the majors since 2018. His team has sucked every year. He has been very good for many of those years. Uh, I mean, he's he was hit with injuries and then he went through the COVID year and all that sort of stuff. But he's been very, very good for a while now and suddenly he must be looking around and thinking oh my god i'm not going to languish in obscurity forever this is amazing yeah and and i think that's exactly what i mean by the rams thing where it's suddenly you look around and you're like oh yeah oh they've, Tory they've also got cedric mullins <laughs> yeah they've, they've, exactly exactly i mean 
And, uh, and by the way, Mullins uh, has stolen 12 bases and has not been caught yet this year. But just just as a uh, an idea, and that guy's it got legit legit power. Yep. That's I, I think I think you hit on this, but I think that's right. When the Angels got off to that hot start, they had hot players. I don't see anybody on this Orioles team overachieving. Not no. one. There's really, I mean, maybe, I don't know if Felix Batista is going to strike out two batters an inning for the rest of the of his, you know, the season. I don't know. Uh, he might. He throws 182 miles an hour. Um, but, I mean, Adley Rushman, are you telling me he can't keep this up? Of course he can. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle, that looks, that looks kind of legitimate to me. Uh, Jorge Mateo, Gunnar Henderson's going to be better than he's been. Cedric Mullins could be better than he's been. They're I think just, I think you could make the, a, a strong argument that there a lot of their pitchers that Bradish and, and yeah. uh, Gibson and Rodriguez will all be better in the next forty games than they were in the first forty games. I agree. I, I just don't think there's anybody that I'm not looking at a single guy on that team that I'm like he cannot keep this up. No, nope. I mean it, obviously they could fall off. Uh, they they're but here's but here's another thing that that I think is interesting. And you and I first really hit it with the Cubs that I remember, which is in 2015, we talked all the time about how Cubs are coming, Cubs are coming, look at these young players. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, once you see that a team is coming, there's a good chance they've already arrived. Right. And that 2015 Cubs, you know, went to the to the NLCS. And I'm not saying that that's gonna necessarily happen, but the Rays also kind of jumped the line. It's not like, yeah. it doesn't take two or three years of, Okay, now we're an 81 win team. Now we're an 87 win team. Now we're a 95 win team. The jump can be all the way up to to like, hey, they're they're a World Series contender right now, and I think that Orioles team is really good. This is but a you know real this is a real trust the process kind of thing because the Orioles fans were made to suffer through terrible long, ownership, long terrible, time. and this and it really is unconscionable the way the team was managed for a long time. And the question is like, does this undo all of that if they make the playoffs? I don't know that it undoes Probably the not. decade of losing. It's, the, of it's still bad losing. ownership, it's right? It's still I mean, very, it's like <laughs> very bad ownership. But it is just, I, I, the Orioles are one of those franchises where baseball is more fun when they're good. Yes. And I, I'm just happy that they seem to be good and on their way to being even better. You know who else is good? I mean, of course, this whole division is good, really. But the Blue Jays are good. Yeah. Blue Jays are the good. Blue, Blue Jays are really good. Well, they're yep. good, and Alec Manoa has been terrible. Like, what yeah, is happening? Which is, I don't understand that. I, what I mean, is going he is, on, man? Well, I mean, Alec Manoa has been terrible. Jose Barrios, no matter how many times you and I talk about how this is going to be his breakout year, it never is. <laughs> ever. It really, it is, it is one of the, we, we will be waiting for Jose Barrios to be like a Cy Young contender until he's in his 60s. Like, he's we 60s, still yeah. won't believe it. Like he'll be, he'll be calling games for the twins or something. And we'll still be like, that guy's going to put it all together this year. But how about, how about the, the kid of Vladimir Guerrero and Dante Bichette? Both like putting up like early MVP like numbers, you know. They, they those two guys, uh, Vladdy Jr. hit a home run against the Red Sox in a game recently. The ball seemed to jam him. It got like it was like a it was it was like a two seam or something that it got like in on his hands, and he pulled his hands in and hit it four hundred and seventy feet. <laughs> And it was like, it was a feat of athleticism that you just, you, I watched it like four times. I was like, yeah. no, how do your, how does your brain, 
communicate with your hands and your hips and your thighs that quickly to like decide to do that. It was just, it was mind boggling. He he does not look like he ought to be able to do that. Bo Bichette and and George Springer and some of the other guys on the team, you're like, okay, I get how you do that. Right, right. Vladdy Jr. does not look like he <laughs> he's he's the Charles Barkley of the uh, of the Major League Baseball. Like, I just I keep watching him and and like I don't. It's a little bit like when Prince Fielder came up for the uh, at the beginning yeah. of his career. Yeah. Like I, I think Vladdy's gonna have to make some different, slightly different uh, physical <laughs> fitness choices as his career gets older, uh, longer. You know, but uh, he is just a a absolute dynamo to watch hit i love watching it's, that guy hit man i mean because he's vladdy jr man i mean what a what a kind of dynamo was his dad you know yeah. i mean it's just like it's it's there's something in the blood there are they right, gonna, how, are they gonna actually do it this year though like that, well I mean, it, they're gonna they're gonna need it's exactly what you said they're gonna need manoa and barrios to like come on they are not gonna do it with the pitching the way they're getting it right now yeah. but if manoa turns into the guy he was last year yeah, they they could win this division. They totally. absolutely could win this division. Also, Springer, Which, Springer's off to a terrible start. Like he's yeah, not hitting at all. Like it's, and it's, it's they, they they you haven't noticed it in part because like Matt Chapman is like an MVP candidate already. Um, he's, he's hitting crazy, like crazy, a crazy season. But but the, the, he's the no one's happy about uh, happier about that than George Springer because Springer is not playing well at the quarter pole here. And Kevin Biggio is basically not on the roster anymore. Like. They have yeah, Kevin Bijou's done. Yeah, it's not like they have a lot of you know. They have uh, Kiermaier's been playing really well. He's he's overachieving. Like Kiermaier's hitting has an eight fifty seven OPS. That's not gonna that's not gonna stay at that level uh, too much. Probably longer. not. But Springer's gonna Springer's gonna come on. I mean Springer's would, not yeah. gonna hit this. Um, it's weird, by the way. Uh, every time I turn tune into them, I'm like. Brandon Belt, really? Like that makes no sense. Wild to me at I, all. Wild that guy. <laughs> that guy, like in, a, in an, an everyday player in this lineup. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I can't imagine that's long. He's long for the world. No, either, really. No, probably not. All right, what is what is DefCon right now for the New York Yankees? What is our New York Yankees DefCon? Well, remember, DefCon goes in the opposite order, right? Direction so Defcon, from what everybody right. thinks it does. DefCon yes. one is the most serious. I think that's we're right. at. I think we're at a DefCon three. Yeah, uh, I it was it it was four. I think we just ticked up to three because they split a series with the Rays where they should have the Rays should have swept them in all reality. Yes. Um and they and, came they back almost. And, yeah, they they I mean, they, Judge, they could have won more. They could have they could have swept the Rays too. That's what I'm saying. The Yankees could have yeah. swept the Rays. Aaron Judge hit that long fly ball the the, the last thing. That was very here's funny. The, that was extremely the, funny. You, that that pitcher's <laughs> reaction to that was great. That was Jason Adam, right? Jason Adam, yeah. like just as soon as he threw the pitch to Judge and he hit it, he just like went to a knee and like covered his face. Like I can't believe, it. and it wasn't like it was a fine play, but it like he it it wasn't close it was to warning, being warning gone. track fly ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was hit well, but it wasn't close to being gone or anything. Um, here you you brought this up, and this is driving me absolutely crazy. We always have to have some Yankees thing that's driving us crazy, and you brought it up in in a text thing. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is it's Rizzo, killing man. the ball. It's Rizzo. He's, he's <laughs> keeping that team from being in the dumps because this, so this, uh, that as, lineup is not good. It's as not. A, as connoisseurs of the particular brand of uh, insanity that is that you are driven to by the Yankees, <laughs> that one of the things that is so true about them is they will always have a guy, always, always, always have a guy who out of nowhere 
has a thousand OPS for three months or two and a half months and keeps them afloat when the rest of the team sucks. They will also always have a veteran player who's been on the team for a while who, when everyone else is slumping, will keep the team afloat. And they have both of those right now. It's Rizzo is the, is the guy who's been around and is, and is just absolutely like hammering the ball. And he right now he has a 921 OPS and nine homers, which is absurd. Like that's a yes. season for that. The nine homers is like it should be his full season. He will end the year with like 27 homers and like an 820 OPS. But right now he's playing like an MVP candidate. Right. But the uh, they also have the other guy hilariously, which is Harrison Bader. So Harrison yes. Bader is the guy who is the Matt Carpenter. So last year it's Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter shows up out of nowhere and he hits like Barry Bonds for three months and keeps the team afloat when they had no business winning games. This year's Harrison Bader. It's only 12 games. He has 1,000 OPS. He's doing everything. He's making insane catches in center field. He started this in the playoffs <laughs> last year, remember? Like, he showed up in the playoffs and yep. went bananas. And so Stanton's been out the, for, of course, with an injury. Uh, Volpe's been struggling, although he started hitting recently as six homers now, and he's stealing, like, a th- eight bases a game. But... The reason the team is even over 500 is Anthony Rizzo and Harrison Bader. Now, the other thing that drives me crazy about the Yankees is that we have identified, a, uh, obviously, that everybody knows, or most people know, they haven't been below 500 uh, in, what is it? It's like 20-something years now, right? Or 30 More, years? Yeah, 30, 30 years. Yeah, 91. Was it 91? Yeah, 32 years or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's, it, I believe the situation is this. I believe that, you know how when kids are bowling, uh, they put up the bumpers in the uh, right. in the gutters so that the ball will bump, and then that's what the Yankees have at the 500 level. They, they is, <laughs> the Major League Baseball has declared that it is illegal for the Yankees to ever be below 500. So they stink, and their lineup stinks, and and judges hurt for 10 days, and Stanton's out, and their pit, and like Nestor Cortez has turned into a pumpkin, and so has Clark Schmidt, and so have all these pitchers, and they're like they're like you know. They're 18 and 17, and then they're like in a game where they should lose. And then it's like, no, they come back and win. Now they're 19 and 17. And then they lose the next day and they're 19 and 18. And then they win two in a row and they're 21 and 18. And then they lose and they're 21 and 19. But they will never actually go, low, go below 500. It's a, it is absolutely verboten. Major League Baseball has decreed somehow that if the Yankees go below 500, it's like the numbers in the computer and lost. If the Yankees go below 500, the world ends. And so that, and so. Every time you think like, oh, this psychologically, this would be so great to just look at the Yankees and see that they are under 500. It will never happen. It will never happen for the rest of our lives. Never going to happen. By the way, um, who is Jake Bowers and why is he hitting? I I would like, I would like, I would, I would like for him to stop, to stop doing that. Why does Jake Bowers have a 900 (laughs) OPS in 11 games with the Yankees? What the hell? Stop it, Jake Bowers. Here's, here's what I would say. And and this is this is you know look if we were not entire if the Yankees didn't occupy this level of 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 our brains if they did not dominate our thoughts the way they do I'm telling you we look at this team and you go they're not that good right that's just the bottom line they're not that good and yet they're the Yankees. And Aaron Judge will probably is healthy again, and he hit two home runs Saturday. And Anthony Rizzo was the player of the week last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how annoying this is. <laughs> All right, let's go to the American League Central. We're going to skip over your Red Sox. We kind of talked about them already. Let's go to yeah. the American League Central, and we'll spend a lot less time on this division because it is horrendous. Garbage. It's absolute garbage. It's hot the garbage. Twins are not garbage, right? I think the Twins are like okay. Twins are fine. 
there, although has when was the last time Byron Buxton got a hit? I, I mean, yeah. that's I mean, we love Byron Buxton, but I mean, he literally went something like over thirty or something. I mean, I know is, it's a bummer. It's such a bummer. That team is not very good either. Let that whole division is just okay. You <sighs> you knew that the surprise team of the division is the eighteen and twenty one Detroit Tigers. I I've, I agree. They kind think, of. They're, they're not bad. I mean, they're bad, but they're not bad. Then now they are forty. They've been outscored by forty-four runs in forty games. They're being outscored by more than a run a game. So yeah, it's not like they're winning they're the one-run games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the we knew Kansas City was going to be terrible, and they are. We knew Minnesota well, was going to be okay. The, Kansas yeah. City, yeah. But the 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 team, the surprise team on the up on the good side is Detroit, and the surprise team on the bad side is the poor Chicago White Sox. Oh, My the White Sox. goodness, what a, what a disaster they've become. You know why the Tigers? Literally, the Tigers. The thing that is separating the Tigers from being the the Tigers that we expected them to be is that Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez decided he's the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, if you if you <laughs> want to enrage a Boston Red Sox fan right now, show him Eduardo Rodriguez and Nathan Avaldi's season-long stats. <laughs> it, I mean, he has pitched unbelievably Incredible. Well. I mean, it's just incredibly, incredibly well. But in the, same, in the same way that you said, if you showed someone a neutral observer, the Yankees lineup, they would say, this is not a good team. If you showed them the White Sox lineup, they would say, this team is very good. Yeah, right? No, that's what you would well, say. Now, I mean, Mankata again, hurt. Obviously, well, that's a problem. Eloy, Eloy. Literally, what what is the... what When Eloy Jimenez retires and and everybody's sort of doing the, the, the salutes to Eloy's career, what will be the weirdest injury that he will have in his career? I'll tell you this: it hasn't happened yet because they get <laughs> they get weirder every year. Every so. year, like wait, now he, he you know now he's like got a he's, he's 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 appendix burst or something or you know like every day it's something weirder and weirder and weirder. I think at some point it's going to be he was trying to jump off of a roof into a pool and he hit like the the edge or like I think he's going to get I think he's going to get hit by a meteorite or something <laughs> like. <laughs> The, yeah. the guy, the poor yeah. guy, he played in he played in oh. fifty five games in the COVID year, which is most of the games that were played that year. Right. He played in fifty five games the next year. He played in eighty four games last year. He's played in twenty five yeah. games this year, and he's not playing. No. And and like you know, and in he the hits when he plays eighty four games. Hits. He had last year at an eight fifty eight OPS. <laughs> like he, had, you know, he had thirty one homers his rookie year. Like this is a this is an excellent excellent hitter, yeah. and he cannot for the life of him, stay healthy. And he's, no. you know, he's, what is he? He's born in 96. So, you know, he's not a, he's not a, he's 26 years old. He still has a lot of time left to, to turn the ship around. But if, my if goodness. He could, if he could stay healthy, the guy's a 30, 35, 40 home run guy. I mean, he just yeah. is. I mean, in every year, um, but that's okay because they've got uh, Jake Berger, who is, uh, <laughs> who's, who's, I don't know. I mean, what's you know, happened to our to our, to official podcast shortstop uh, Tim Anderson too? What what's going on yeah, with Timmy? I mean, well, he's just hurt, right? I mean, well, yeah. he's just not playing well. I guess he's not hurt right now, but yeah, he's struggling. How about? I mean, I want to bring him up again because when the Yankees got him last year, you were sort of in a panic, and I was like, no, I don't think so. I I just can't tolerate Andrew Benintendi. I just can't tolerate his. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I cannot tolerate his game. And so far this year, 160 plate appearances, zero home runs. Can you have 
a guy with zero home well, runs. That's that has never been his game. He is a no, he is a opposite field zero, singles and doubles hitter. Yeah, zero is a little tough. Like he'll <laughs> he'll have more than zero at the end of the year. But well, right, but he's supposed to be a 15-20 homer guy, right? Otherwise, what's the value? I mean, he's not Rod Carew. Not like he can he can you know hit three fifty seven or something. I mean, he's, I'll never I can never say a bad word about him because he saved the twenty eighteen season with that catch and left off of. He's uh, a great outfielder. He really is yeah. a really good outfielder, but it's. Uh, I don't know. He was, it was else. Bregman, right? It was Bregman hit that ball, I think. Yeah, I think it was Bregman. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, I, I they're they're fourteen and twenty eight. I mean, they're they're, they're like they're done. Like they're done. They're not coming back from this. I, I really think what they need to do is hire Tony Larusa. I think that's really yeah, that that's, right. that's get what some leadership in there. Get some- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will. That's speaking of things we will never forgive them. Is you and I uh, did multiple emergency podcasts around Tony Larusa's hiring. Mm-hmm. I. I think it's unforgivable. They had a little window there and they wasted that window with Tony La Russa. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just, it's not, that's not cool. That's just yeah. not cool. I think you're right. I think they, I think they had a, they had a chance with the right guy in the right moment. I mean, they have for, for like a three or four year run, you know I mean? And yeah. Like they had like that. They, they were, they were pretty young. They, they had a lot of promise and, they did have a lot of injuries, but like they just didn't I get the, the no one. There was no value added with Tony Larusa, and if they had a little value added with their manager, if they had a sort of Alex Cora, whatever type guy, right? Who knows? It's very sad. That's sad. All right, let's go to the American League West, where I look. You and I both said Texas Rangers. We just said we, just, said, we called it. We called <laughs> we it. Just, just follow. And and by the way, do you remember on the podcast when you said Rangers and I said? It, they don't even need Corey Seager or Jacob DeGrom. They'll be fine without those guys. That's right. You said even if DeGrom goes down with an injury very early in the season, they're still going to be fine because that's how good they are. That's, that's what you how said. Good that's even what I if remember. Corey Seager's out. Yeah, no, that's the way That's the way we said it. All right. Is that team? Is this team any good? I don't know, man. This is so weird. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the – this is maybe the weirdest thing that's going yeah, on. Don't you it's think? weird. Well, I thought it was – I did write that, that this sort of team – but of course, this was thinking Degrom was going to be healthy and Seager was going to be healthy. I said, you know what? That's the kind of team that could be like in first place in June, and everybody will be like, "Oh, what a cool story that is!" and and you know, giving all the credit to Bruce Bochy, the genius, or whatever. And I could kind of see that happening. But when Degrom goes down and Seager goes down, I look around at that team and I'm like, Adolis wow. Garcia? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> Josh Young. I mean, Josh Young. Ezekiel I mean, Duran. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, how can this possibly be happening? And yet, and yet it is. And, I, I mean, and, I, I have it, to think it's a little bit of a mirage. I just, I just have well, you to don't, think that. You don't like, think you don't think Nathan Evaldi is going to win the Cy Young? You don't think that's going to happen? <laughs> I, I look, he's great. He's also yeah. like, he's had like seven Tommy John surgeries. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll tell you, the 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 thing about this staff is these guys on the staff is like they don't they. Are, aren't walking a lot of people. They're striking nope. out a lot of people. Like yeah, they, they don't, are. they're, they, you know, of all these strikeout to walk ratio is nine to one, uh, yeah. which is kind of amazing. All right. Sorry. Eight. It's like seven to one, seven, seven or eight seven to one. one. Yeah. yeah. Seven but to one. Teams is, is really good. Haney, Andrew Haney's is like, Andrew Haney is like one. one of those guys who's like, that guy's really talented, but like, is he ever going to put it together? And granted, well, he's John got, Gray was the same way, right? Yeah. Wasn't John Gray like, oh yeah, this is the year that, John Gray is going to turn it around, right? He was like a really super high draft pick and a big yep. prospect for the Rockies and and uh, and had a couple of 
like decent years. And, it's like and... Martin Perez isn't as what he was <clears throat> last year, but he's being he's pretty steady. Like he's like pitching okay and if like they uh, could, if they could get DeGrom back which is like they can't I mean God bless them I mean it's it's uh, DeGrom will con- come back that contract still might cripple this <laughs> franchise for the next five years we can agree yeah. on that yeah yeah oh definitely well here's the thing I love Jacob DeGrom love watching him play if DeGrom came back he would throw 104 miles an hour in his first day and hurt his arm again right like that sort of yeah he just sort of seems destined for that but if he could come back and be healthy, I just think this leads into the rest of the division. That Astros team is kind of showing weakness. Now it might be them playing possum, but they're kind of showing some weakness. Is what it looks like early on. The we said I said this the other day about the Dodgers, and then the Dodgers promptly like won six in a row, swept <laughs> the Padres, are in first place. I think, but I but I think the same is true of the Astros, which is they may have more problems than anyone might have guessed at the beginning yeah. of the year. Like, yeah. uh, and again, I still think if you had to bet money right now and who wins the AL West, I still think you're betting Astros. Well, I don't think sure, you're gonna... because that's the lineup that you look at and go, why is that team not scoring 10 runs a game? I mean, yeah. it's like Jordan Alvarez is the only guy in that lineup hitting. It's really amazing. That... Tucker's Tucker's below what he usually is. Jeremy right. Pena, who looked in the after the World Series like he was going to be better than Carlos Correa, is not better than Carlos Correa no. so far. Jose Abreu is an absolute disaster. He's I mean, a, a he's disaster. A, he's, he had like an 0 for 70 slump. He's got a 500 <laughs> OPS that game. Yeah, he has hit zero home runs. So you, if, if we yeah. talk about Andrew Benintendi. If Jose Abreu is hitting zero home runs, that's not that's not what you're. But recall, that's Bre- not what you're Bregman has Bregman been is hitting disastrous. Yeah, Chas McCormick, like none of the, none of these guys, uh, and Jose Abreu. I mean, Jose Abreu, Jose Abreu. What's yeah. going on, man? It makes like, no sense. It makes no sense. So, uh, so you would assume these guys are. Not, this is not rookies, right? This is Alex no, Bregman and Jose Abreu and players. Yeah, guys. and so and you, Kyle Tucker. You got to and, and, yeah. and frankly, Jeremy Pena too. You got to figure all of those guys are going to pick it up a lot. Yeah. So uh, you assume you're if you're a betting man or a woman or person, you still assume this team is going to is going to win the division, but they certainly don't look at all like the juggernaut that they have appeared to be over the last few years. No. No, not at all. Meanwhile, oh, and, the, and they're pitching by the way. They're pitching too. Like the oh, yeah. What, yeah. what is what is going on there? These guys who like I mean, this team threw a no-hitter in the World Series. Like, like they have 11 starters and 17 relievers who were unhittable. And suddenly, all right. of those relievers are hittable. Like, all of those guys. Ryan yep. Stanek and and uh, Ryan Presley and uh, all those guys. Phil, well, Phil Maton is actually, it looks like, pitching incredibly well. But uh, yeah. Rafael Montero, Urquidy, like, these guys who were just absolutely untouchable... They basically have Framber Valdez is still Framber Valdez. He's lost a few games, but not because he pitched badly. But they no, suddenly well. all all these guys that that seemed like they just came out of the bullpen one after another and blew everybody away. They're suddenly all. I mean, this is just like is this just reliever the uh, vagaries, the vagaries of being a relief pitcher in Major League well, Baseball? Like Luis, what's happening? Luis Gar- Luis Garcia is out what for the season? I mean, like that was a right. that was a nasty injury, right? So so that didn't help them. Yeah, I mean, look, I their lineup feels to me like I mean, right now they're twelfth in the league in runs. That's that's just not going to last. The, yeah. That lineup, that lineup feels to me like they're going to come around. They're going to really hit. Um, the pitching, you know, the depth is a real question mark at the moment. Yeah, and I don't know. I it, it, here's the thing they they feel to me vulnerable. 
Now, they might end up winning this division by 20 games. I'm not saying they won't, but they don't feel they don't they don't seem like certain the way they have the last three, four, five, six years, you know, and 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 I don't know, like that Rangers team feels like something might. I don't know. Seattle has been a disappointment. Seattle has been a disappointment. It's a real bummer, man. Well, here's here's if somebody had told you, hey, look, the Mariners are going to get off to a start where Jared Kalenic is going to hit. You know, just crush that guy. How just- <laughs> about that guy? I'm happy for that guy. That guy. Me too. That guy Me showed too. up with such high expectations, and every he was like the prospect of that year. Everybody stared at him full spotlight, and he didn't have a very good rookie year. And it was and like in this day no, and age, was terrible. I mean, it this, was like it yeah. was like he's done. That's why. I mean, there was the kind of he's done sort of vibe about him. He was yeah, to, it was like, oh, it's never going to happen for him, which is so funny after was... whatever, after 80 games or something. Right, I mean, he's still 23 years old. But he's playing great, and you're like, okay, well, then this team is going to be good. But Julio has been a, has been a just he can't hit. Yeah, is, is, he started off like, hot in the first couple of weeks, I think, and then just has, hasn't hit at all in the hasn't last. Hit at he's all. doing and this year what? Oscar is not hitting at all. Yeah, I mean, man. That's just, it's, it's. You know, they don't know. And then you have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and Shohei Otani, who's doing all of the things that Shohei Otani does. No, he's he's better. Shohei Otani is better than he's ever been. This is so weird. Every year he gets better. He is a legitimate. I mean, he's the the last couple of times out, he hasn't been as good, but he's a legitimate Cy Young candidate. Period. Mm -hmm. Just based on as a pitcher, and he's he's got a. 874 OPS. He's his his strikeouts are down. Like he's absolutely crushing the ball. And Mike Trout is putting up essentially Mike Trout numbers or a he's little cool, bit. He's off. cooled off recently. He's yes, a, he got off to a hot start. He's cooled off a little recently, but a little bit. He's and doing. Hunter Renfro is hitting like crazy. Again, for, if for you want to you want to drive Red Sox fans crazy, also show them Hunter <laughs> Renfro stats. <laughs> Anthony Rendon is actually hitting, which is crazy. He's not hitting for any power, but he's got a 415 on base percentage mm-hmm. and. Um, Brandon Drury's got some home run. Like, like everything that would go right is going kind of right for that team. None of yeah. those guys, other than 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 Trout and and Otani, you can count on. Um, and and they're and one Patrick game San- over five hundred. And they're one. And Patrick <laughs> Sandoval is probably pitching at least as well as you were hoping you would. And yeah, they're one game over five hundred. That's that's that, you know what that is. That is the team that like makes like nine threes in the first uh, half. And they're only up by one at halftime, right? Yeah. Now. Right they're like nine for 11 from three. And you're like, oh, this isn't good. This well, is in the same way that well. it is illegal for the Yankees to go below 500, it's illegal for the Angels to go more than two games over 500. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good they play. It just it doesn't. You know who I'm disappointed in is Reed Detmers. I thought Reed Detmers was yeah, going to really be good. Like, he seemed like there was a lot of hype around him. And it was like, this guy's going to show. I mean, granted, he's so young. He's 23 years old. But there was a lot of hype around him. There was a lot of like, this is the guy. We're going to add in Sandoval to the rotation. And last year, and then we're going to get Reed Detmers is coming up. And he pitched pretty well last year. He threw like a, let's see, he threw 129 innings. He had a 377 ERA. He started 25 games. He was seven and six. Uh, you know, he had 122 strikeouts, like a strikeout an inning. And it was like, here we go. Like, this is a young lefty. He's going to like make that, he's, you know, there's going to be a big three now. It's so Tani. Uh, Sandoval and Detmers, and here we go. Yep. And then he's just kind of not really doing that great, and not yet. Uh, it's no. kind of a bummer. No. I mean, he still is, again very young, very young, plenty of time to turn it around. But I, I but the problem was... with the Angels is that though the problem with the Angels is 
in order to really be a good team, you kind of need like several guys to be your hope. And then, you know, a couple are going to disappoint and a couple might overachieve and then the middle, you know. And with the Angels, it's kind of like, hey, we got one one you know prospect as a pitcher let's hope he works out and if if he doesn't like the whole team doesn't doesn't do well they're just they're gonna have the same year they've had for the last 10 i mean they, they just, there's there's one the other thing. thing there's one other thing that um that needs to be discussed which is the the they have a pitcher on their team named matt moore and wasn't there a pitcher on like the Mariners a million years ago named Matt Moore? Of course, he was Every, a good Matt Moore. And this is this is how um, this is how you know you're getting old. Is I keep thinking, oh Matt Moore, I know Matt Moore, and then it's a different Matt Moore, and it's really confusing. <laughs> and it and it's like the time is all blending together. The baseball players have the same names now that they used to have. Like <laughs> I don't. Wait, wait. I, but was the Mariners guy actually Mike Moore? Oh, was it Mike Moore? I think it was Mike Moore, and then they had a different guy named Matt. I, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, yes, they had okay. Mike Moore and Matt Young. That's Ma, what it was. There we go. Okay. There's, this, <laughs> this is how you know your combination. Truly, I'm telling you, man, I'm deep into my senescence. Nothing nothing is sticking in my brain anymore. But I kept seeing Matt Moore and going, like, there was a guy named Matt Moore uh, who pitched, who was a pitcher for the, no, you're right, it's Mike Moore, who was good. He, Although Mike, Mike Moore, was a good pitcher. he was the guy who, didn't he lose 20 games one year? Or he lost, uh, let me look it up. No, he lost 19 games. So 19, 1980s, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was like, a, but led the league in hits, given up twice, led the league in earned <laughs> runs twice. Yeah, all right, that's Mike yeah, Moore. Still, Mike Moore, yeah. So there was Mike Moore, who was actually pretty good in certain years. He won really, really good. He, well, he was good. Really good the for A's. the A's. When yeah. he got to the A's, he was really good. Right. But I like the idea that this new Matt Moore is a combination of Mike Moore and Matt Young. That's like, perfect. He's, he's sort of a little mixture of the two. Before we leave the American League, uh, a couple of words about the Oakland Athletics. Hmm. Uh, and and the words are sad. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't actually one word probably def, def, just sets it up. Did you see that the athletics have just announced they're going to build a 30,000 seat stadium? Yeah. 30,000 seats. And yet they're still saying, yeah, we're going to draw two and a half million people next season or with the season that it opens. Selling out every like, game. <laughs> that doesn't still get you to two and a half million unless yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, 81. Yeah, it's 240, guess, whatever, yeah. 2.4. Uh, the A's, um, I kind of wow. at this point, I'm rooting for them to be the worst, to team, be the worst team of all time. Yeah, I'm rooting yeah. for them to be worse. They can't be probably worse than the, than that Cleveland Spiders team, whatever it was, the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> but they they can set a sort of modern, the modern era record. record. I, yeah. I, I think I don't think the, the Spiders don't count. I mean, that team basically folded mid-season. They don't yeah. count. But, the, but yes, here's, here's my question for you. Let's say they are on pace to lose, like they're about to lose their 121st game and surpass the 62 Mets. Should you and I be at that game? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. kind of think we should. I kind of think you and I should be at the game. First of all, if it's in Oakland, like nobody will be there. Like it'll, it'll, well, they, I they're, mean, they're drawing like 1,100 people a game at this point. <laughs> I'm just going to look this up real quick. Okay. So the, they, so here's the deal. In September, does the season go into October? One game in October. Okay. So they are they have a long home stand against the Padres, Mariners, and Tigers from the 15th to the 24th. Their last six games are on the road. They're at the Twins, 
and then they're at the Angels. So that would be fairly Ooh. convenient for me to get to that Angels yes, that'd game. Yeah, that'd be easier for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'll be easier for you. Uh, but, but, we, I uh, we... but I would, if they're if they're in danger of losing, of setting the record in Minnesota, I would absolutely fly to Minnesota <laughs> and go to that game. I think we have to be there. I think we need to be there for their 121st loss. If it comes to that, which here's the thing, every single thing about this Oakland team is disappointing. So they won't set the record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it'll just be about lose 117 and just be another oh, bad no, team. You know? here, here's the move. I'm sorry. September 24th, a day game at home against the Tigers. It's fan appreciation day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's the move regardless of whether they're going to set the record or not. I think we need to go to fan appreciation day. Like A's. What is sadder than a September 24th day game in Oakland? It'll be 140 degrees. They'll play the Tigers in the most one of the most meaningless baseball games ever played. Ever played. And it's Fan Appreciation Day. All right, we should be there for that. We yeah. should be there for Fan Appreciation Day. We should have Did a podcast, s- our first ever podcast event, where fans <laughs> of the podcast will buy out a whole section. It'll cost $140 to buy an entire section. Maybe. maybe. Did you see that? Did you see that they were offering a deal now where you could sit, like they, you could buy... 37 is like a season ticket package. Yeah. 37 games for $99. Yeah. Labertard was talking about that the other day. I mean, that's so sad. That's $250 a game. $250 a game. All right. So we, all right. So, so I think there are two options. We can actually put up a vote. Should we be there for the day that they win the, uh, that they they set the record, lose their 121st game? Or should we just say, yeah. As representative of our love of this, what is happening, we will be there for Fan Appreciation Day on September 20th. Yeah, put that up as a poll. All right, we're we're an hour 12 into our mid-May baseball roundup, and we haven't even gotten to the National League yet. I know. We're going to roll through the National League a little quicker. Uh, But we're going to start in the the National League East, and I know you've got a lot to say. Look, Atlanta's great, great. Philadelphia's blah, whatever. They're going to be fine, I guess. They'll probably make the playoffs and maybe go on another run. Miami is literally, they're terrible, but they keep winning all the one-run games. Sandy Alcantara is the thing to talk about there. He's what's ha- what's happening, buddy? Well, he's, he's, I think he's still great. I just think he's off to a kind of bad start. And, you know, he'll be fine. I, I think he'll be fine. They're right. terrible, though. They're, they're ter- that team is terrible. They've been outscored by 56 runs this year. They're terrible. Yeah, they're not good. Um, But it's the Mets. The Mets. The Mets. That's yep. the story. We're not even going to talk about the Nationals. The Mets. That's so the, we did that's the talk about... There is a disaster scenario for yes. this Mets team. Everybody was talking about them like a super team. Everybody was saying, here we go. This is like, a you know, Steve Cohen's going to pour a billion dollars into the team and whatever. We laid it out. This is not a bit. We actually did talk about this, that there is an easy to identify disaster scenario, which yes. is basically Verlander and Scherzer both have injuries all year. Some of these guys like fall apart at the seams a little bit. Uh, obviously, Edwin Diaz going down before the season started was a, already a disaster. Yes, and that was not even one we could have seen coming. Right, I mean, that was just right. a complete. That was a complete. But you fiasco. could, I could. It was. It was not difficult to envision a scenario like a lot of super teams in any sport. Like whenever there's a super team, the reason they're called a super team is they have a lot of guys who are going to the Hall of Fame, and some of those guys are old, and some of those old guys get hurt, and that's exactly what's happened. And like they're all of the hype and all the buildup and everything else has led to a team that is currently not in their, they're a game out of the playoffs at this point, 42 games into the season. I, I don't know, man. I, I think this team, especially in a division with Atlanta and Philadelphia underperforming, 
I I don't know if they are going to write the ship. They just they just split a series with the Nationals. That's bad. Like to split a four-game series with the Nationals, man. Oof. Um <laughs> well, so I, I don't know. I I don't know. The question is like can they write the ship? Obviously, I I just don't know if I see them running away with this division like kind of people were saying they would. Well, they're definitely going to run away. They're not as good as the Braves, but Here's the thing that we you said it, and I agreed with you during during the the preview where we talked about the nightmare scenario. But here's here's what I would say that made the Mets different. Every team has a nightmare scenario, right? right. No matter how good you are going into the year, there's a nightmare scenario where two or three of your four of your top guys get hurt. Uh, you know, the couple of people go into slumps. Nobody is immune from from what could potentially be a nightmare scenario. The problem with the Mets was that they spent more money than any team has ever spent, ever. Right. And the nightmare scenario was not like, you didn't have to reach very far for the nightmare scenario. The nightmare scenario was the two pitchers that they are paying 7,000 million jillion dollars to this year are both late 30s or early 40s. There's no, it's not like you have to go, hmm, what is the nightmare scenario here? We know what the nightmare scenario is. Right. They get hurt. They're not as effective even when they pitch. And it's happened already, right? I mean, Scherzer, Scherzer's a big problem because Scherzer's hurt and he's also not really vibing with the new rules. Like that's a problem with him. And, and, and he's pitching, he's not pitching well when he pitches. Verlander, is seems to be okay when he's on the mound, but he of course was hurt for the for the beginning of the season. I think now the question is, and Dia, Edwin Diaz being out is huge, yeah. and and Francisco Lindor is not carrying this team at all, and 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 after a you know, well, I mean, Pete Alonso still play, playing fine, but but here's here's what I would ask now. So knowing what we know now, what is the best case scenario? For the Yankees, for the Mets. And I think, here's my thought, and I'll see what you think. Okay. My thought is, it's there is no best case scenario for the regular season other than you get into the playoffs. Yeah. That is, to me, the best case scenario. Best case scenario is you get in the playoffs, and when you get there, you have a rested and healthy Scherzer, a rested and healthy Verlander, and now let the chips fall, right? Like now you're you're going in and this is your best shot. Their best case scenario is to be what the Miami Heat are, right? Which is right. you just you just limp through the regular season, right. you eke into the playoffs, and then no one wants to play you in the playoffs that's because right. you have you have Scherzer and Verlander and and Pete Alonso. Like that's that's yeah. their and, absolutely and Lindor, their right. best case scenario. Yeah. Right. And Lindor, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um Atlanta's ridiculous. I mean they're they they're coming off of a of a bad sweep, um, but they're they're so ridiculous. Atlanta's great. Atlanta, Atlanta's the you know Atlanta's the front runner. They they have so many guys on the team who are so good. It's really wild. Like they they're not just really good players. They're they're like the best players. Like Ozzy Albies. Oh yeah. I saw this. I saw say yesterday. The announcers. I was watching the game and the Braves announcers were talking about Ozzy Albies against left-handed pitching this year. He has like a four eighty-five <laughs> average or something against left-handers, and he was facing a left-hander and he promptly homered into the left field bullpen. Yeah. And it was no, like, it's, he, He's, He's so, so good. ridiculously good, and they're also paying him like a buck ninety eight a year, so yeah. that helps you know a lot. Um, but Acuna we, we is sh- so. We should pause. Is Ronald Acuna going to have the Eric Davis season? Is that is that where oh. are we heading for the forty homer, ninety stolen base 
kind of thing. I mean, he's right now he's got he's hitting 346, 437, 577, you with a thousand OPS. He's got eight home runs and 12 doubles. So, I mean, he's pounding the ball, but he's got 17 steals and he's yeah. only been caught twice. Um, Someone's, steal, I mean, someone's stealing 50 this year, right? There's, in fact, a bunch of people. Oh, I think some, but I, I don't know a bunch, but I think a few team players have certainly a chance to steal 50. Um, a couple of guys on the Pirates. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, but I think Acuna, that's my, to me, my question. I mean, this is, this is what we've been waiting for. Is this the year Acuna puts up that utterly mind blowing? You, you still look at those numbers 15 years from now when you're like, remember when Ronald Acuna stole 60 bases and hit 40 homer? I mean, like, he, he seems to be well on his way to doing something. Absolutely magical. He's, he's so good. He's already almost at three war, and we're, we're, I know, we're f- uh, the fourth of the way through the season. He's he's he's, having, he's on a ten war pace. He's so good. Also, by the way, right. it should be noted, Austin Riley hasn't started hitting yet for this team. Oh, I know, I know. Well, and they've had some injury issues. I mean, especially with their pitching, that's not cool at all, right? Like, but they're so deep. They're so deep. Michael Harris hasn't started hitting like the a bunch no. of. And by the way, obviously, it goes without saying, they still have Chadwick Trump. So. <laughs> When you have Chadwick Trump and Kevin Pillar, I mean, come on. I mean, that's pretty much uh, as good as it gets. Ozzy Albies against left-handed pitching this year is 23 for 53 with five homers. So that's a 434 average and 830 slugging percentage. against. Teams should have to throw a lefty against him. That that Baseball needs to start making rules to make the game more fun. And yeah. one of those rules should be, yeah. No, Ozzy Albies comes up. He gets to decide what what uh, what arm the pitcher throws with. You know? I like that. Good rule. All right. National League Central, not significantly better than the American League Central. It is somewhat better, but still kind of pretty crummy. not great. Yeah, yeah, pretty crummy. I think the Brewers are still the class. I think they'll figure it out. Pirates... No matter how hard you and I root for it, I don't think I don't think it's no. They're at two and all. eight in their last ten. I'll tell you the team that is the the exciting team to me in this division. Cubs. For the, for, well, no, I think it's the Reds. I think it's oh, secretly the Reds. So the Reds brought up they brought up Matt McLean. He's like their whatever his top five prospect for them, and they still have Ellie De La Cruz lingering oh, down there. And Ellie yeah, De La Cruz, Ellie De La Cruz hit three balls in the same game that were like over 116 <laughs> miles an hour off the bat or something. Like I, I, I feel like the, the reds, like they're obviously far away from being like a complete team, but I feel like the reds are going to be a better watch for the rest of the year, potentially if they bring up De La Cruz this year, which I don't know if they will, but I think the reds are going to be a more fun watch than the Cubs for the rest of the year. Well, I don't know that the Cubs are a particularly fun watch. I think the Cubs are playing really, really good baseball. I mean, they've, they've got, you know, they've, they've, they've got a 30 plus 30 run differential. The best run differential in the division. Yeah, yeah. by, by quite a bit, you know, and, uh, and they've got some guys. I mean, I think Dansby Swanson's doing what they thought he would. Patrick Wisdom is hitting some home runs. Um, I don't know. They're they're playing pretty good. They're all but right. Before, they're, oh, but Cody before we, Be- also, let's give it up for Cody Bellinger, a little resurgence, career resurgence. That's nice to see. I'm so nice that, to see him back. Yeah. So nice to see him back. Um, we can't leave the division without just absolutely going. What that? What's going on in St. Louis? What is even? What is know, even man. happening? What I is mean, they, even they did happening? just like beat the crap out of the Red Sox for <laughs> for three games. They <laughs> yes, came back they to beat Kenley Jensen twice, which is annoying. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't get it. Like I I mean. I, is it just like this is finally it happens? Finally, the year comes where I, they kind I, of fall apart. Like Tommy Edmund is the Tommy Edmund is the opposite of what he was last year. You know, <laughs> uh, Goldschmidt is doing his thing. Arenado is not hitting at all. 
But Will, like, he'll, the will he'll the, be he fine. will. The Wilson Contreras experiment has gone completely sideways. Like, I think you know, I I, I don't know. I just I, is it possible? It it gives me hope for the Yankees, frankly, because it's like right. the the Cardinals are the other team that never finishes below five hundred. And if they actually finish below five hundred, it will mean that it's possible that one year the Yankees will finish below five hundred. But that but in some ways it frustrates me more about the the Yankees because the Yankees don't ever seem to do something impossibly stupid. And every move the Cardinals seem to have made all year feels impossibly stupid. It's like it's like there was some some sort of stupid ray that, that went over St. Louis. I I mean, I didn't understand why they sent Jordan Walker down. That made no sense. That did the Wilson no Contreras sense. thing was a absolute fiasco on the highest level. What about that weird Tyler O'Neill screaming at Tyler O'Neill for not hustling? That was weird. Like, 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 like everything like, feels very uncardinals like to me. Jordan Walker like had had hit a slump, certainly, but like yes. he's still like He's still he's 21. He's, like, if you're going to do that to him, don't bring him up at all. Like, like, why would you like, was he that bad? Like the first three weeks of the year that you're like, yeah, he's out. He he's, went, he's he was he, in his last three games. He was two for four with three runs scored against the Diamondbacks. Then he went one for three with a double against the Mariners. Then he went one for three again against the Mariners. And they sent him down. <laughs> they sent him what, down. What are, what are you doing? Like, it was so it's, weird. Like, it, he, I, he's like, what are you gaining by not having that guy play? Like, I don't know. Maybe there was something where they didn't. Well, defensively. I think they thought defensively he needed a lot of work. And I get that. Isn't but, he not really a right fielder, though? Isn't no, like they, no, they stuck him in. He's a third baseman, right? Like, right. That, that's right. So, no, he's, he's, all right. He's, so you, you put him in a different position. You got to like let him <laughs> let him figure it out. Like what? Like. I don't. It just was a very weird move. Uh, it was, and, but again, everything they've done, like and like I say, you know how you always talk about how, um, you know, you always can count on Belichick to like do the right thing, whatever that is, and it doesn't always work and whatever. And maybe lately it's not been the same, but for years and years and years, it's always like, yeah, that guy's always going to be like he's always going to be one step ahead of everybody. But in addition, he's not going to make stupid mistakes. That was what you always knew about the Cardinals. Yeah, whether they were there, whether they were really good or just sort of good, they were always like, yeah, they're they're got their their prospects are going to be great. They're gonna they're gonna you know be super smart. They're gonna play. Nothing about that this team matches up with what we've always known about the Cardinals. It's so weird. The other thing that I don't understand about this team at all is Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks throws a hundred and five miles an hour. That's right, and his he has a six ERA. How well, is that, how is that and possible? And be getting pounded. How is literally pounded? getting I pounded. I don't, this don't is know. insane. There, no one who throws 105 should be, no one should ever touch him. And he's, well, that's he's, the, and he's still got 27 strikeouts and 16 innings. Of course, he can't find the plate, right? He, he's has yeah. 16 walks and 16 innings. But also, guys are hitting him. Like, he's he's given up more hits than, than innings pitched. He has a two whip. His whip is 2.0. Uh, it's it's uh, bizarre, man. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. All right, let's finish it up in the American in the National League West, where uh, you know early on we were like, yeah, you could sort of see the nightmare scenario happening for the Dodgers. Yeah, that's over. That's that's over. The nightmare yeah, scenario they've, they've does not in. seem. They're, no, they're they're back to they're eight and two in their last ten. They've they've something's clicked and Mookie's hitting and yeah. Clay, by the way, Clayton Kershaw just I know oh, I, I know oh, I God, understand so all the stuff about the playoffs, but like. That guy just every year, oh, every year, just game after game after game, just wild. Just how, how the, what it, he's the best pitcher. I I think the debate's over. Like it, I I just think I think he's better than Verlander. I think he's better than Scherzer. I think he's the best pitcher of the 21st century. And I don't think there's really a 
there's really no. I think he's the best pitcher of his generation. I do, and and I can see the argument for Verlander. I could see the argument sort of for Scherzer. Um, you know, always want to throw my guy Zach Greinke in there. He's not really in the discussion, but he's he's you know one of the five best. Um, but yeah, Kershaw's so good, and just here's so the thing: good. he looks he looks great this year. He just looks. He looks confident and great. If and, you were uh, the Dodgers manager, let's say you have, let's say you hit the All Star break, and you've got an eight game lead in the division or something, would you just give Kershaw the month of August off? You know what I would do? I would honestly make him a six or seven. I would, I would, I would give him six days rest between starts. I really yeah. would. I mean, that's what the Brewers did with those guys, and it worked. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, I. That's what I would do. I mean, yeah. Look, their their pitching depth is not what it could be because of all the injuries. Um, but you know, I would, I would absolutely make sure he did not have more than twenty-five starts this yeah, year. I think right? that's. I, I mean, think you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be smart to do that. He looks great, though. He looks absolutely great. Dustin May looks great, by the way. Yeah. Uh, also, and and Tony Gonsolin has looked about, really good. How about the uh, the uh, person with the worst possible name for a hitter, which is James Outman? James Outman. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> James Outman is uh, slugging 548. Yeah. That's so they good. Just By have the way, so many of those guys, man, they just relentlessly bring up James Outman. <laughs> Every year, there are three James Outmans who come up and join this team who are I just love, like. I love the. I mean, so is he the most ill named player? Uh, in baseball history, well, Bob he Walk? he what is the Bob he's Walk? the Bob Walk of hitters. I think it's <laughs> right, a, those right. are the two, right? It's a, the thing that you can't like unless there is a. A pitcher named Theodore Grand Slam. There's you're never Fred, Frederick Homer. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Homer Bailey, I guess, would be up there. Homer Bailey, that's right. Homer um, Bailey would be up there. But James Outman and Bob Walk are the two that are perfectly aligned with each other. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because James Walk and Bob Outman would be good, right? Like you would absolutely a pitcher it's, named Outman and a hitter named Walk. Oh. Yeah. Do you think, by the way, that there were times in James Outman's life that they said, "No, man, you're pitching." Like they just, he was like, well, I, don't, I don't pitch. No, you do. You no, we need you. You're the out man. Um, Will, by the way, also Will Smith doesn't get nearly enough credit for being good. I was uh, actually just looking and going, wait a minute. Will Smith has a thousand OPS. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. that guy, I've heard literally not one word about him all year. I think it's because he looks like he's in seventh grade. And so nobody <laughs> right? takes him seriously. Uh, he's a seventh grader who is just uh, had an amazing growth spurt and is now playing Major League Baseball. Major but League Baseball. Other thing about him, though, is that guy hits 25 homers a year. He's 5'10". He's like not yeah. that much bigger than Mookie. He's a he's a Major League catcher who's 5'10 and hits 25 homers a year. That's amazing. Like that guy yeah. deserves so much praise and credit. He's never had Last year was his worst year. He had an 807 OPS and was a four-win player. And he's like, he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory, this guy. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's absolutely. Like, he's like, he's, he's like, a, a, he had, he almost had a, a, he had a 980 OPS in the COVID year. He was 860 in 2021. He's a thousand this year. Like, this is like the best catcher in the majors, this guy. Well, he's, he's the best hitting catcher. I mean, he's a 132 OPS plus as a, as a catcher for yeah. crying out loud. I mean, he's, he's good. And by the way, Freddie Freeman just, it's Freddie Freeman is that player who, you don't even need to say a single word. Like there are other guys like, oh, I wonder how he's doing, how he's doing. You, well, don't you know, even you know how he's to, doing. You yeah. know how Freddie Freeman is doing. No, you don't at one point like, oh, I wonder I wonder if Freddie Freeman's hitting three hundred and slugging five hundred. Oh, he is. Look at that. Yeah, he's always doing that. Yeah. He's just like Tony Gwynn. 
kind of yeah. like he's just like yeah. he, with more power he's with just power like, yeah i mean like he's not gonna hit 340 but he is gonna hit 300 and he's always gonna have a 500 or 600 uh uh slugging percentage yeah that, that so he has not clinched the hall of fame but he's getting close and he's 33 years old yeah i mean his career sl- career slash line he's basically a he's almost a 300 400 500 hitter for his career he's 298 yeah. 386 509 like he's he's you know he's got he's gonna get to 2000 hits this month or next month probably next yep. month he's, got, and, he's gonna get to 500 home runs in the next two years i mean he's i mean 500 doubles excuse me not yeah and he'll be at um, 400 home runs by the yeah he's he's like a absolutely with five more good years he is a hall of fame lock hall of fame absolutely all right, are the Diamondbacks like interesting to you? The Diamondbacks are the Rangers of the National League. <laughs> I I love me. Corbin Carroll though. I love watching Corbin Carroll play. I, I just don't know if they're actually good. Oh no, it? I don't think they are. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think they're actually good. But they have a couple of good. First of all, I'll tell you who is good. Zach Gallen is good. That guy's good. That guy's <laughs> that really kid. good. Yeah, he's really good. I think he's, uh, uh, first of all, it's just great having a pitcher who wears uh, glasses. That's yes. it. like, it's, it's wonderful. It's a bit of, it's been, who is the last great pitcher who wore, is it Gagne? Maddox, like, probably. Maddox, oh, Maddox. But Maddox. Gagne, Gagne wore glasses yeah, Gagne. after Maddox, Gagne, probably. Gagne's glasses were more, they were more goggly, weren't they? They weren't like, like. Well, aren't gallons too? Old, isn't he wearing, isn't, aren't they goggles technically? They're sort of like, I, they're, they're sort of like those weird, um, like uh, Oakley shade kind of thing. Oh yeah, but they I are prescription, right? Let me let me look this up. This is very they important. Be... <laughs> I'm just typing in Zach Gallon glasses into. The, I, they're uh, sort the... of yeah, they are. I think they're prescription. You know, like glasses, glasses. Uh, the glasses are. Oh, how about this? Gallon pitches wearing glasses, but doesn't wear them when hitting. The glasses are only because at nighttime I can't see the signs. Huh. Well. Well, first of all, you don't need the signs anymore. But also, he doesn't right? hit anymore. Right, because of Pitchcom. And he doesn't hit anymore. Somebody still, I guess, you know what? Why wouldn't he keep wearing the glasses? And they're kind of, they're a little bit goggly, but they're kind of cool sort of nerd glasses, I think. I, I watched him pitch the last time he pitched, whenever that was, and they were breaking down his um, his circle change. And oh. so uh, what I think of as a circle change is you, you make the okay sign, with right. your thumb and forefinger, and, and you then can hold it with the three and, fingers, and then but that but that that but the ball is like nestled into the right, in the into palm, the palm yeah, inside right? the palm, yeah. His his splitter or his uh, circle change rather, it's basically the ball looks like it's almost balanced on the outside of his index finger and is and is held in place only by the his ring finger and and middle finger. It's insane. It's like it it looks like there's no way he could possibly grip that ball, and it. I I couldn't tell when they were showing it. it like it's almost like an optical illusion where they where it's like maybe it starts nestled into the circle part of the index finger and thumb and then floats out and that when you're seeing it it's it's like it's already kind of like rotating out but oh, it still it still looks like yeah I'm looking at a picture of it right now it still looks like there's no possible way this man could ever control this pitch and right. yet he does and it's a great pitch it's an amazing pitch and it just moves like crazy he's terrific they're they're not going to hold up no. I, I don't think but he's great and I really think Corbin Carroll's going to be a big time star are the Padres going to just do this to us again where they're I just going to show? I kind of think they are. I think they're going to do this to us every year. Like, you know what? The Padres and the Blue Jays are the same. That's what I've realized. It's like these teams with these massive talents and they, in you every year, you're expecting them to just like just explode out of the gate and do what the Rays have done this year. 
because they've got all these big stars and all these names, and then they're just kind of in the mud. They just kind yeah. of can't yeah. like they can't like get onto the track. They're skidding <laughs> along on the side of in the dirt and the mud. What is the deal, man? I mean, Soto's well, finally trying, starting to hit. That's a big, which Soto, is a big thing. Soto's finally hitting, which is good. But you'd have to say their other stars are, I mean, they're not bad. I mean, certainly Tatis is hitting pretty well coming Xander back. got off to a very Xander hot start. Xander got off to a then, hot start. Is then has really, been really okay, cooled off. Hey, yeah. And, and Manny Machado's just been flat out bad all year so yeah. far. It's flat like they, out bad. I mean, 84 OPS plus. I mean, that's just... Manny Machado, what the heck is that all they about? They can't that put it together. They just can't get all it's... those guys clicking at the same time. And their pitching staff, like Blake Snell, hasn't been very good. And, and and you know, the Michael Waka thing and Joe Musgrove is not pitching well. And I don't know. It, it just, something just seems off about yeah. that team. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it really does come down to the whole idea that you, you can't put together an all-star team and then win with it. It's, I mean, it's the... It's like the it's like the super rock band thing, right? It's yeah. like Asia, you know. It's like you 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 think you you think you're putting these guys together, but it doesn't. I, I don't know. And look, at some point, every one of those guys, look, Bogart, Soto, Tatis, should all at some point go off, right? Yeah. And Machado, and Machado, four guys, uh, Machado, Bogart, Soto, Tatis, those four guys should have a couple of months where nobody can get them out. Right. And and then you would think that team will be invincible during that stretch, right? I mean, you you got to feel like that's going to happen, but I don't know. In I the time know. that we have been doing our mid-May baseball roundup, our 49-year-old tradition, here's some things that have happened. Shohei Otani hit a three-run homer <laughs> against, the, against, against the Orioles. Uh, Alec Manoa gave up a homer to Aaron Judge and then immediately gave up a two-run homer to someone named Willie Calhoun, who's hitting fifth for the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> it's now put the Yankees ahead three nothing. Everything is playing out exactly the way we predicted oh, while yeah. we were talking about this. Well, you and I both have said you you don't pitch to Willie Calhoun. You that's work right. around you work the, around him in Willie the Yankee Calhoun. lineup. You that's the one guy you can't let be you. Is <laughs> Willie Calhoun? Everybody knows that. He's All DHing, right, DHing and hitting fifth for the Yankees, and he hit a two run homer. What the hell, man? That's that's that is Yankee black magic right there. Where not only are you actually DHing Willie Calhoun, which how many times do you think Willie Calhoun has been DH? I don't know. Career? Did he play for the t- Rangers? Who did he play? He played for the Rangers a few years ago, and 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 he had like one year where he hit like a bunch of home runs in a limited amount of time. He had 21 homers in 2019. Yeah, good good. Yeah, memory. and 83 games. But then yeah, the next yeah. year he had a 491 OPS and the next year he had a 691 OPS and the next year he had a 524 OPS. And then he went to the Giants and, then and he, was like he played in four games and then he got one yeah. hit. And uh, then he went to the Yankees and now he's DHing. Now he's DHing, hitting fifth and, and taking Alec Manoa deep. <laughs> All right, before we go to one last meeting, because there's nothing else, the Giants and Rockies, well, you know, if, if we ever... If we bring back uh, Colin Hanks, we can talk about the Giants, but that team is is not good and not interesting. And that Rockies team, not good, not interesting, nope, not interesting. Other, good. other than Chris Bryant, who is uh, who's hitting three hundred. Chris Bryant, yeah, Chris Bryant, good for him. Another good for Chris. Cody Bellinger like uh, resurgence. Good for him. We'd love to see it. Before we go to one last meeting, this thing I want to ask you this thing because you are you are a gigantic basketball fan. How much joy? do you get out of watching Nikola Jokic play basketball? I've always gotten a tremendous, I'm glad you're on this train. I've always oh. loved him. It is, it's, he is one of the most mystifying professional athletes of our lives. <laughs> of our lives. He, of he our would, lives. he would be mystifying even if he weren't good, but it also turns out he's the best play, basketball player. <laughs> and 
he he looks uh, Levitard likes to say he looks like a, a, a like a loaf of bread. That that's it's like watching a loaf of bread play basketball. He always he does he's not fast, he's not quick, he's not nope. agile. Nope. Uh, he uh, he always has weird scratches on his arms. It always looks like he got into a fight with a with a coyote or a raccoon or something. Uh, he looks out of breath all constantly. The time. His nose is always bright red. Like he looks like a cartoon alcoholic from the Depression era, and yet he is also Larry Bird slash Magic Johnson slash Michael Jordan. Like it's the craziest thing I've ever seen, and it is so fun to watch him play. He is. He is the author in every game of six or seven plays that blow your mind with yes, with what he did. Blow your mind. Yeah, that's you know, what I love about. He had him. a streak of I can't remember how many games in a row where he didn't he he was above fifty percent from the floor. It was it was like it was like it was one out of the first fifty eight games of the season or something was he he was under fifty percent from the floor. It was insane. Like oh. he he never when he when he shoots he doesn't miss. And when he doesn't shoot, he makes the most incredible passes you've ever seen. He also always somehow gets rebounds, even though he his vertical leap is six and a half inches. <laughs> well, he, he is the guy that you're like, oh, man, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, man, Jokic, I didn't he didn't get any rebounds. today. I didn't see him do anything on the boards. And then you're like, how did he get 14 rebounds? Like every game, he has 14 rebounds, 12 rebounds. I mean, every game, every single game is 27 points <laughs> on like 10 for 14 from the floor. That's 14, right. 14 rebounds and 11 assists and his team every wins game. by nine points. Yeah, every, every game. game. It's truly yeah. wild. No, I love it so much, and I did not appreciate it, and it, and I, it makes me sad that I have not appreciated it. I'm, I'm too late to come on this bandwagon. He looks like the last person on earth who you would consider the best player on the floor. Correct. All nine players on the floor, every single time, no matter who they are, look like they're better at basketball than he is. Every single time. And sometimes even a couple of the officials look like they're better at basketball than he is. Yeah. And he does something genius virtually every time down the floor. Even when it doesn't lead to anything, he'll make some crazy great pass. Yep. His his moves around the basket, he's like he's like he's like Larry Bird in other ways, but he's also like Kevin McHale. He's McHale-y. a little McHale-y, like, yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's he's like McHale because he doesn't move quickly, which would appear <laughs> to, be, to be a prerequisite for being a good basketball player to be, to be able to move with with speed. He has yes. no, he cannot move quickly, but he just somehow always moves the right way and ends up with like a layup, even a though layup. the guy, that's yeah. the thing. He's 12 feet from the basket with his back. And then he does some very slow, you know, machinations of some kind. And then it's, he's laying the ball in. You're like, wait, you what know, happened? You know what he looks like when he's playing? He looks like not, not that he's playing, but rather that he is demonstrating in slow motion how to play to someone who is learning from him. That's what it looks like. It's it's a clinic. At some yeah. point, it's, you just expect where he's that, like, okay, like, just you know. watch me. I'm going to do this in slow motion so you really understand. You, you, you want to hear your like shoulders Red this way. Voice yeah. next to him. Like, oh, move like, your shoulders oh, here. Watch move the ball. Go. Hold the ball high. Then you come around here. Now watch me. I'm going to go really slowly so you really get this. Then you come around here, and then you jump here, and then you lay the ball in. Now you try it real speed. That's what it looks like he's doing all the time. 
is such a joy. Such a joy. So I've got my team that I'm psycho All right. you know, rooting for. Great. Uh, just because I, I love him. Well, and, you've got to root for the Nuggets over the Lakers without question. And I think yeah. it's fair. It, certainly you would root for the Nuggets over the Heat. Obviously, I won't root for the Nuggets over the Celtics. But no. if the Celtics don't advance, I'm 100% rooting for the Nuggets without question. And I'll tell you what, a Celtics-Nuggets thing would be super fun. It would to be watch fun. Because Jason Tatum is kind of fun. I mean, yeah. I've, I've I've come to fully appreciate uh, some Jason Tatum. I, I I think he's kind of fun. All right, time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast won't. It's one last won't. And uh, why don't you start? Okay, so uh, recently my uh, tankless hot water heater broke and uh, a plumber came out to take a look at it. And uh, I noted this thing, which I've noted before about plumbers, which is no plumber in the history of plumbing has ever looked at the way that your plumbing was done and said, oh, this is really nice work. <laughs> like the only thing plumbers ever say is, oh, well, this is, was all done. This is all garbage. Whoever did this was an idiot. Like, hey, look at, see how this pipe goes here? And this audit, this has to be PVC. This can't be copper. And look, there's no intake valve here. There has to be an intake valve and a stop gap thing. And, and this has to come, this has to banana out this way. And you've got to connect these two things. Whoever did this is a total moron. And I, I strongly feel that if I listened to everything that this gentleman said and did it exactly the way he wanted and then immediately called another plumber to come out, that that plumber would go, oh my God, well, this is outrageous. So whoever did this raked you over the coal. Hey, yeah, but you've got to, you can't put the, put the filter here. It's got to catch the, the off, the off slop from the drain plorp. Like they just, they just throw this stuff at you because they know you don't know what they're talking they about. They know. They know you don't know. And 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 it is and you just sit there and you nod like an idiot and you're like, well, you know, that does sound bad. And and uh, there's nothing you can do. You just have to believe them. And because your only option is to get six guys out here, and they're all of those six guys. If you do that, will say the same thing, which is this was all done wrong. You have to completely redo it. And then you're no, right. and then you're right back where you started, which is which of these guys do I listen to? And how and which which version of this completely new system do I install? Well, not only that, if you bring six guys out, all six guys will disagree about why the last plumber was That's an right. idiot. Because all six guys all agree think the other five guys. An idiot. Are- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plumbers all think all plumbers are morons. Plumbers they just hate think- each other. They, they absolutely hate each other. Hate each other. <laughs> They absolutely just destroy each other when they look at each other's work. They never, I would expect that one time in my life, a plumber would go like, you know what? This is A plus work. Whoever did this did a really great job. Never happened and will never Never happen. I wish managers and coaches were like plumbers in that way. I wish they would come into their new job and go, the last guy was an idiot. He was a complete moron. I don't, I'm trying to turn this team around. This guy completely wrecked it. That would be the plumber thing to do. Like yes. for every time you take over. Totally agree. Love, love this one. All right. My one last meaningless thing. Um, I, I got a couple, but I'm going to stick with this one. I, 
we are living in a, in a world of miracles. We are living in a time mm -hmm. of just extraordinary advancements in every form, in every way. Like everything that we grew up with, you and I, are outdated and the things that they have now are just better and you can't argue about it. Like there's no way you can argue that that the video games we had were better or the telephones or the technology or the cars or anything. None of that was better. But here's a question for you. And okay. I think that this is, this is, I have a real issue with this. We have taken a tremendous step backward in restaurant salt packets. A huge, <laughs> huge step backward in restaurant salt packages. How so, Now, <laughs> now all of the restaurant salt packages are the little, they're like little baggies that you tear and then pour a little salt out and too much of salt will come out or not enough salt will come out and you kind of keep shaking it and, and you don't know how big to make the hole in the salt and you leave a bunch of salt. We used to have those little break apart salt brackets, right? Okay, little... so I thought this is where you were going. <laughs> I am I crazy, or were those only on airplanes? No, no, they those no? salt those little break them up salt packets. The perforated like, middle where you would snap them middle, in half. They, they, they're like little tubes, almost right? right. They're little tubes, and then you just snap it in half. And okay, you've got like a little salt packet. Thing. First of all, this is very important, and I'm glad you brought it up. We should have led <laughs> off the podcast with this. The break in half salt packet is excellent. No, I'm excellent. not disputing that it's excellent. Yes. However, it is hard to control the amount of salt that pours out of the breakaway salt packet. And Ooh, sometimes you, think... you don't, it's, I think it was too much salt and you had to kind of like stop quickly when you poured the salt on because no, it, 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 it poured out of both sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I think you could just do a little shake, like, you know, basically you like could. using a salt shake. Sure. Salt shake. I think now it's impossible to stop. Now you tear off a corner and you put some salt and, you know, it'll come out too fast. It'll come out too slow. You have no control. Well, really, over. the other thing here is that we have the, the salt shaker is the best salt delivery yes. system. <laughs> yes. And I so I kind of think we don't need we could get away entirely from the individual you know, salt, salt packet packets. delivery but if system. You're, if you're taking food out or something, they'll always put salt. Yeah, but who doesn't have there? salt in their home? That's why. <laughs> why do we need any salt to be added? Who doesn't have salt in their house? Like, don't get so the salt packets. So you're you, you're opposed to all salt packets. Yeah, I think you're just throwing them away nine tenths of the time. And same with what ketchup. About, same with ketchup. What about packets. ketchup? I was same, say, same yeah. with ketchup. But every there's a burger place in our house, and every time we go to our burgers, they give us. 55 ketchup packets and we just throw them in the garbage because we have ketchup and if we wanted it that it's like it's they they think that we are going to be upset if they don't give us ketchup that's right and, and the reality is i'm upset when they do give us ketchup and i yeah, don't i think they should stop all right well this this we could take it this far i am i am not opposed to to going all out and saying no more salt packets however if we're going to continue the salt packets and i think we are Bring back the Breakem salt packets. I mean, right. those those they're just better. I'm they're for that. Better. I'm I don't for know that. Why, yes. I don't know why we went backward. I just don't know why we went back. All right, so we'll be back as soon as we can get you off of the picket line, I guess. And, That's right. Uh, if you need it'll be me, great. if you need me, I'll be walking in circles. You'll be walking in circles, Mike. As always, thank you. Thanks for having me. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.